You have just downloaded the Barbecue Central Show, which airs live every Tuesday from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Show is brought to you by the Barbecue Guru, creators of automatic pit temperature control technology. They can be found at thebbqguru.com or call them 800-288-GURU. And by the Chops Power Injector System, the 2015 Barbecue Tool of the Year at the NBBQA. Find them at barbecuekansascity.com. And by Butcher Barbecue. From injections to rubs to sauces, always trust your butcher at butcherbbq.com. And by Big Papa Smokers, your one-stop online shop for everything and anything that has to do with barbecue. Their website is bigpapasmokers.com. And by Cook Shack Pellet and Electric Grills. Visit them at pelletcooker.com or cookshack.com or call them 800-423-0698. And by Cookin' Pellets, you can buy Cookin' Pellets at cookinpellets.com. You can also visit amazon.com to purchase as well. And by Green Mountain Grills, some of the best pellet grills on the market today. You can visit them at greenmountaingrills.com. Hi, I'm Johnny Dam, host of the Damage Report radio show. When I'm not falling in love with the First Amendment all over again, I like to sit back, relax, and rub my meat to the Barbecue Central show. And now your host, Greg Rempe. Go, Greg. Yeah, rub that meat. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. All right, good evening, and welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling, broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday you want to jump in on the show tonight, more than happy to have you. It's a phone call, 216-220-0966. You can also email the show if you'd like, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening, in case you didn't get the newsletter, coming up in about 13 minutes from now. If it's the second Tuesday of the month, you know who's stopping in. Creator of the most heavily trafficked and popular barbecue and grilling website in the world, Meathead Goldwyn from AmazingRibs.com. We have a lot to talk about. Not the least of which, look, in three weeks, I've had as many new drops on cookbooks. Here it is. It's the new cookbook, Meathead. Kenji Lopez states, Meathead's gift lies not just in factual accuracy, but also in being able to distill complex complex subjects to their most essential applicable core 
in a manner that is genuine pleasure to read. Aaron Franklin, barbecue expert, says an amazing compendium of barbecue knowledge. There's the back of the book, by the way. And uh, $35 higher in Canada. Of course, you can probably go to Amazon and probably get it for cheaper. Uh, But it is just out today. So Meathead's cookbook is out, or barbecue book, I should say. So we'll be talking with Meathead about finally getting that out. Uh, If you're any fan or historian of the show, you know we've been talking to Meathead at various stages of getting this book together. And finally, it is done to a point that it is now widely available to the general public. Widely available for sale wherever you get books, I would imagine. So head on over if you got the the uh, newsletter. Click on the link and buy up Meathead's book. So we'll talk to him about that. Plus, there's a number of other subjects that we're going to be talking about that are kind of book-related. So wet your whistle in case you're ready to go. So Meathead coming up in the first hour. Then we have a very busy second hour Right at the top, at 10 o'clock, Dan Uladol from Chops Power Injector is in. We're going to talk to him about going back-to-back Barbecue Tool of the Year. He's also going to Memphis in May, which is this weekend. He's cooking on the Shed team. We'll figure out how he got a part of that team. And uh, anything else that he might want to talk about during our time. Then we'll go to the 10:14 segment. Rarely do I use the term barbecue legend on this show, unless it is justly due, and it is. Barbecue legend, barbecue pit-making legend on top of it, 1A, 1B, perhaps interchangeable. Dave Close will be joining us at 1014. And helping me close out the show, we missed him last month. He is the Barbecue Central Show's official sauce and rub reviewer. Scott Roberts from scottrobertsweb.com drops in to uh, review sauce and rubs. There you go. That's the show. Wow. 216-220-0966. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Again, your two bits of contact information. All right, do yourself and me a favor. If you're listening and watching the show right now and perhaps you know somebody that has been tinkering with the outdoor and live fire community atmosphere and niche, let them know the show is on. Get them get their feet wet here. This is what we would like. A couple different websites to send them to. For audio only, my website, thebbqcentralshow.com. For video aspect as well, same great audio stuff, but you get to see me talk. Outdoorcookingchannel.com slash watch dash now. You can also get the show on Roku or any type of IP television device. Well, maybe not every type, but a lot. So if you have an IP television of some sort, go to the App Store, search for Outdoor Cooking Channel if they have it, download it, and then you can only you can also not only can you get the live stream, but you get the archives of this show plus all the other ones. So very excited, as always, to be available on Internet Protocol Television. Some of you were asking last week, mostly Matt Boer, who's the beer sponsor this week? Well, last week there was no beer sponsor. Uh-oh. This week, I am proud to say, hashtag Beermageddon 2016 is over, 
And the official beer sponsor of the show is back in 17th State, Lighted Colch. Of course, uh, 17th State is making Kolsch and IPA. There should be a wheat beer as well. SOSMH, stuck in traffic. Tell Rempe, three call. Three call. 708. What does that mean? Oh, no. Is that Meathead stuck in traffic? Ay vey. All right. I think, Meathead, I've got you. Are you listening to me on the show? Or on your, uh, on your whatchamacallit? I'm calling myself here. What am I doing? Oh, boy. Dial. There we go. Seven. I love how Meathead is just throwing his number out, by the way, for general consumption. Let me get that queued up here. Two call, no joke. You get. Well, that's what happens when you're in Chicago. You know, it's bad news. That traffic can be something else. It's no joke. Meathead, I would be very cautious on just pilfering out your cellular phone number right there. I think I'm going to try and go in and delete this. Is that possible? No, I can't. Wait, I can't. No, I can't. I was going to say, I think I can delete that message, but oh boy. Yeah, I was just mad boar. Sweet. Every, we all have Meathead's number now. Yeah, baby. We won. We won, everybody. Yeah. We got Meathead's phone number. Thank goodness. We have it. We have it. We've won again. All right, so we'll get Meathead on the phone. Maybe it'll be one of those really cool interviews where part of it is in the car, and then we'll switch over to Skype during the read. Any possibility of that happening? I don't know. So anyway, once again, the official beer sponsor of this show, and uh, to date the only beer sponsor ever, the 17th State Lighted Kolsch. This is our kind of light beer. It's delicious. If you like light beer, this is a good one if you can get your hands on it. 17 State Brew Co. is the website. I'm not sure exactly if they're out of state yet. I know they're trying to get into a bunch of different states because, you know, they want to sell it and be successful. They also have a wheat beer coming. That was supposed to be bottled. I think I was supposed to have a growler of that already. That's all right. Took forever to get this friggin' beer anyway. Come on. What are you talking about? For my horse race fans, perhaps hope is springing eternal again. One leg of the Triple Crown is down and winning. The race favorite, Nyquist. Boom. Don't get too excited yet. Two of three happens a lot. Two in a row. The Kentucky Derby and the Preakness happens quite a bit. It's the third one that really tests a horse's true mettle. The bullring is a champion killer. You get up to the top of that stretch, you look all, and it might as well be five miles to the finish line. 
It's far. So even when you think your horse is ready to go at the top of the bull ring, there's a lot of race left to go, and that's where they peter out. But not American Pharaoh last year. First Triple Crown winner in 738 years, I believe. Matt Boer made $7 on betting three horses win pace show. There you go. All right, folks, Meathead coming up out of the break. Let me talk to you for a few minutes about the longest-running sponsor of the show. Located in Warminster, Pennsylvania, the Barbecue Guru. Gang, if you've been thinking about automatic pit temperature control devices for your cookers, then stop here. This is the company that started it all. They are the creators of this technology. Why are you going to buy from anybody else? If you're not familiar with how these little beauties work, I'm not going to get into the minute detail. But imagine a product that allows you to set your pit temperature and once set, keeps it running at that temperature all the way through the cook. Sound too good to be true? It's not. It's real life. You can take advantage of this technology right today. Because maybe you're a busy working professional like me. Or perhaps you're constantly on the run with kids doing errands. Like me. You just don't have the time to set around, tend those pit temperatures. Barbecue Guru maintains that pit temperature you set it at. There's currently a number of different models to choose from. Some of the most popular ones, CyberQ Wi-Fi. If you're big into the competition, if you want to be totally wireless, if you want to make pit adjustments right from your phone or your tablet, if you never want to get out of your competition trailer or bed anymore because you just want to monitor internal temperatures and pit temperatures from your beds, you can do that with a CyberQ Wi-Fi. So much so you can actually control two pits at the same time on the CyberQ Wi-Fi. On the other end of the spectrum, Party Q, 149 bucks. Got a little adapter. It might not even be $149 anyway. Uh, about a month and a half ago, maybe two months ago, Bob Trudnack announced that they were bringing all the dealership inside. They were going to be selling direct. They were going to be dropping prices across the board. So as he had said a couple months ago, if you've always been teetering on the fence, now is the time to buy. It's not going to be any cheaper than it is right now to get a Barbecue Guru automatic pit temperature control device. If you're in the market for a cooker Onyx oven, Winning uh, GCs, winning RGCs, winning categories. Do yourself a favor. Head on over to thebbqguru.com and check out their products. And if you have any questions about what to order, call them directly, 800-288-GURU. They'll make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. Again, that's 800-288-GURU or visit thebbqguru.com. The Barbecue Guru is a breakthrough in barbecue technology. We're going to try Meathead coming up out of the break on a phone. So we'll see what happens. Stick around. We'll be right back. Live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by the Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour. 31 cities, 500000 in cash, eternal bragging rights if you win the whole damn thing. 
This coming weekend, the Sam's Club Tour rolling into Bowling Green, Kentucky for a national, or, sorry, for a local qualifying event to keep up with the Sam's Tour results, see where the next event will be, or to register your team to compete. I believe there's still a few spots left, if I'm not mistaken. You visit kcbs.us slash Sam's Tour. That's kcbs.us slash Sam's Tour. All right, my second Tuesday of the month recurring guest happens to be the creator of the most heavily trafficked barbecue and grilling website ever on the face of the earth. And most importantly, a friend oh mine, Meathead Goldwyn, joining me here on the show. Meathead, how are you, buddy? Meathead. Meathead. Hello? Hello. We just Meathead? Hello. Uh, Meathead. Hello? <laughs> All right. Not, not only is there a lot of traffic, there must be a lot of phone traffic, too. Let's try again. We will make a connection to... I mean, I guess it's it's just like, right? You never know. Meathead. Meathead. What am I missing here? I can hear him on the other end. Meathead, what are you doing? Uh-oh. Sweet Mary Lorraine. Can you hear me? No. This is what he can hear. Dial, giving him the uh, hotline number. Look, if I'm not mistaken, this might be two months in a row where uh, last month his Skype was questionable at best. Oh, no! We suck again! And uh, now we have a potential phone issue. But I can hear him. It's maddening. At some point, we're eventually going to talk about this. Actually, if I'm not mistaken, this is almost like the same thing. Is that the same thing? Looks like it. No, he's cocked over to the one side there, but looks pretty good. Actually, I better leave the book out so we can make quick reference to it if needed. All right, I'm going to try this number one more time. And see, maybe he's got one of those uh, Bluetooth earphones in. People wear those still? Bluetooth ear, like the ear blingy bling? People wear that? Meathead. And of course, um, the in Oh, boy. Who is this? I can hear somebody in the background. Hello? I bet I'm dialing the wrong number, right? Yeah. Yeah. Totally dialing the wrong number. That's all right. Oh, that's all right. (sighs) Guaranteed this will work. I think you put up the wrong number. All right, let's try this. Meet it. At the tone. I'm here. Hey! Oh! Uh, but I got some. I got something else. Hold on. Oh no. 
I can barely hear you, but let's try and muddle through. Uh, I can hear you. You are satisfied with Delicious. your message. Delicious. Press 1 to listen to your message. Uh, press 2 to uh, erase and re-record. Press 3 oh to continue my recording Lord. where you left off. Press 4. What the hell is this? <laughs> are you still there? Sweet if you Jesus. are satisfied with your message, press 1 to listen to your message. Press 2 to erase no. and re-record. Press 3 to continue recording where you left off. Press 4. You still there? No. If you are satisfied with your message, press 1 to listen to your message. Press 2 to erase and re-record. Oh. Press 3 to continue recording where you left off. Press 4. I, I don't even know how to stop that. Sorry you're having trouble. Your message has been sent. Goodbye. Oh. Sweet Mary Lorraine. Hold on. This has got to be it. This has got to be it. Come on, pick it up. Or I'm calling some kid that's, you know, meet it. Hey there. Oh, my Lord. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> what the hell is going on, Meathead? Oh, I, I was downtown having a drink with the buyer for Barnes & Noble, and, and I'm stuck in traffic. I thought I'd be home in time, but... Uh, Good to hear your voice and all the uh, centralites. All right, Meathead. So we got a lot to talk about. Um, whether we can see you or not, I guess, is somewhat irrelevant because big news is down the pike. In as many weeks, Meathead, which is numbering three, I have in my hot little hands a book called Finally. Meathead, The Science <laughs> of Great Barbecue and Grilling. How about that? It's out. First of all, first of all, that was not my title choice. I just called it the science of barbecue and grilling. Yeah. They decided to call it Meathead and put my ugly mug on it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I tell you, it's a toss-up. Uh, Myron's book is out. My book is out. And we're both standing there, a couple of gray-haired old men, and it's a toss-up as to who's the ugliest. Well, you're really doing uh, wonders for attracting uh, what I would call the uh, the millennials into the barbecue and grilling world. Nothing like two aging hipsters, right? <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> All right, so uh, talk to me about, and we've talked about it here and there, um, and this really seemed to be a labor, and then at points maybe love here and there, but this really seemed to be a labor to get this out. Uh, It took quite a while. So, you know, from when you had made the deal originally through the process to today where the book is actually being released, you know, what are some of your thoughts where you're finally like, oh, it's finally out and here we go? Well, it's not really a barbecue tale, but uh, I'm sure there are some of your listeners out there saying, I could write a book. And I got to tell you, it's an interesting world, the book publishing world. Now, I've done a few before when I was in the uh, beverage world, but the publishing world has changed drastically with the Internet, just like everything else. I mean, and the big gorilla is Amazon, but um, we're down to like five major publishing companies Random House and uh, my company, Houghton Mifflin Harcourt, and uh, I don't can't name them all. And then there's a whole bunch of uh, uh, secondary level uh, pu- publishing houses. And um, it used to be you would uh, 
go to a publisher, usually through an agent, and they would sign you up and they would hold your hand and nurture you and walk you through the process and produce the book and print it and distribute it and market it. And it doesn't work that way anymore, except for a small handful of books. Um, uh, I'm fortunate in that I, I seem to fit into the old mechanism. <clears throat> the Houghton Mifflin Harcourt has made this their lead cookbook of the spring. So they're behind it and they're promoting it and they're marketing it. But when you talk to book, po- book writers nowadays, you pretty much write the book. If you're, if you can, you get somebody to edit for you. Maybe the publisher will help you with the editing, but for sure they'll just lay it out, design it, print it and distribute it. And then you're on your own to promote it. And, uh, it's a really ugly world out there in publishing. It's changed significantly with the internet. Um, I went through two years of writing and I had a really good editor who, well, you know, I tend to be a little verbose and, uh, she, uh, she cut all my booger jokes out and <laughs> sliced and diced. And we ended up with a pretty decent book, I think. Um, but uh, it was it was an ordeal. If you hear me doing another book, you have permission to shoot me. Um, it it really distracted um, my attention from what I really want to be doing and what I really should be doing is the website. Um, it just ate up a lot of time, and it's not done. I'm still chasing Raul. You know, you were supposed to get a book weeks ago, and yesterday I found out you still hadn't got it, and I was on the horn with the publisher telling him to FedEx it to you. So it never ends. Meathead Goldwood joining me here on the show talking about the new book, The Science of Barbecue and Grilling, uh, with Meathead Goldwood right there on the front. Meathead, would you say that you are this is more your book or more the publishers putting in what they want in the book? Oh, no, it's definitely my book. I'm very, very proud of it. Well, Good. ours. Dr. Blonder, as you've heard me mention his name many times, he's you know been my teacher, my mentor, my... Uh, science advisor uh and my uh he's done experiments and uh his name is on the cover in smaller letters as is kenji lopez alt uh kenji won the um cookbook of the year award from the international association of culinary professionals and he wrote the foreword for my book of which i'm very proud um his book the food lab is just a brilliant cookbook it's my favorite cookbook bar none period it's superseded uh, all the uh Julia Child and uh, other cookbooks on my shelf. Um, and it's a great book, and it's a real honor to have him write the foreword. Um, and it's a good book. I, I, you know, I think we're, you, mean, we, you and I have talked for years, and readers and listeners know my interest in food science and chemistry and physics and stuff. But I think, you know, Alton Brown and Cooks Illustrated and Kenji Lopez Alt and, uh, uh, you know, Harold McGee, uh, those, there, there's a real strong growth of interest in people who want to know why. Um, don't just give me a recipe. Why do I do it this way? And, I, you know, I, I think I'm riding that crest. Meathead, the one thing that I like about the book, and I just got it earlier today, so I haven't been able to get through it in a tremendous amount of detail, but I, uh, in, in as many weeks, uh, I have your book today. I had Jamie Provience's book last week. I had uh, Diva Q's book the week before that. Uh, 
uh, and Stephen Reichland's book the week before. Out of all of those books, yours is, and you're going to be able to hear, listen to this. That's me knocking on your book. It's a real book cover, which, like, that seems to be non-existent all of a sudden. So is that yeah, something that you said, hey, I want hardcover book? It's a hardbound book. It's yeah. 35 bucks list. Amazon selling it for 23 and change. It's, um, it, you know, about half of it is conceptual um, theory, uh, technique, you know, the kind of stuff that I talk about on your show a lot. Um, it, it'd make a good textbook. Um, and so with a hard cover, uh, you could probably, uh, hammer a nail with it. Um, it's over 400 pages, uh, if you count all the introductory material. Uh, so, uh, it, it, it's the biggest one out there. I mean, I, I've seen Myron's book. I love it. It's, it, you know, his book is all about old style barbecue cooking on, uh, concrete pits and, uh, doing things the way his daddy taught him how to do it. And it's a real great addition to my library. Just like Aaron Franklin's book talks about how he does things down there. This is a broader interest book. This covers grilling, barbecue. Um, uh, you know, I mean, I even do a few things on a cast iron griddle in that book, I think. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, I've got recipes for sweet and sour pork in there. It's not just the good old-fashioned ribs and brisket stuff but they're in there too um i try to cover the waterfront and that's one of the reasons it's it's so damn big meathead goldwyn joining me here on the show it is available for sale right now it's the new cookbook the science of great barbecue and grilling uh meathead uh, what else like insider stuff about the book things that you really struggled with or things that you found that you thought you were going to struggle with and maybe you ended up taking great delight in well one of the things that really came clear is you know i started out by just copying and pasting from the website and that became clear that that just wasn't going to work i mean books are different and one of the things i really like about it is that it has a beginning, a middle, and an end, and it flows. So you can sit down and read it. Um, I know I hear from people all the time who come to the website and they dive right in with the ribs recipe, and then they follow a link into uh, a section on when to apply sauce, and then they follow another link on how to get the skin off, and then and you end up going down this rabbit hole in circles, round and round and round. And uh, you know, I, I just had, I mentioned I had dinner tonight with the book the cookbook buyer for Barnes and Noble and um, you know he was saying that if print books do die I mean we know digital books like uh, uh, ebooks and uh, Kindle books and Apple's uh, iBooks are all and it's really convenient to carry five books on your iPad sure. and go on vacation um, and you can look up a word and stuff but if they do die cookbooks are going to be the last one to go because there's just something tactile, sensual uh, about looking at the pictures. Oh, this is the 400 pictures in there, and I did all the photography. Um, uh, there's just something really fun about uh, being able to open up the book and scribble notes in the margin and sit down and read from beginning to end. So, you know, I, that's the part I'm really proudest of. The hardest part was is it's finite. I mean, um, slices of dead tree are expensive. Um, and then you got to box them up and print them and ship them. And the more dead tree slices, the more expensive the book gets. I, 
of all the barbecue books out this spring, mine is the most expensive, I'm afraid. But, um, it, you know, it, it, it's the biggest. And uh, a lot of stuff hit the cutting room floor. Anybody who goes to the website knows I pay a lot of attention to food safety. Um, the world of food safety has changed since our parents and grandparents. And uh, that all hit the cutting room floor. Uh, there's uh, a little bit of it, but not as much as I wanted. And I was sorry to see that go. But uh, it's mostly about uh, uh, getting your head wrapped around what happens when heat hits meat and uh, different ways to uh, solve problems, uh, how to cook on gas grills, charcoal grills, pellet grills, Kamados. It's, it's got a lot of good stuff in there. Meathead, as I had mentioned, there, there's plenty of competition as, as books are being released fast and furious right now. Do you think topic-wise that this will be saturated at some point, or do you agree with Jamie Provience's thought last week when I had him on saying, hey, they're still making French cookbooks and Italian cookbooks. Barbecue isn't really going to be any different. <laughs> you know, Jamie and I are old friends, and uh, I really respect him. I mean, he's a Culinary Institute-trained chef, and he really knows what's going on out there. I hadn't thought of that. I, that makes an awful lot of sense. Um you know, sometimes the greatest promotion is to be new. When I first launched AmazingRibs.com in 2005, I built that website because I was trying to build a career as a web developer, and my neighbor challenged me to a rib cook-off, and um, uh, I went out to research how to cook ribs. I, you know, I had my method, but I didn't think, I didn't really know what I was doing, and I couldn't find any good books on barbecue and grilling in 2005. Um, there was just nothing out there. Now, this spring alone, as you mentioned, you've got Myron and you've got Diva Q and you've got Jamie and you've got me and uh, there's a few, oh, uh, Raiklin. Uh, so it, it, you know, it's crowded out there. Uh, we're all sharpening our elbows. I respect all of those people a great deal. They all know their stuff. And I've seen a number of the books that are on the market this spring and they're all different, thank goodness. Um, but, uh, I don't know, next spring there'll be a whole new flock of them and maybe there'll be some new ground broken. I think mine breaks some new ground. I know Myron's breaks new ground. Nobody's written about old style barbecue like he just did. Uh, That's new ground. Jamie's always breaking new ground because he's very creative in this, in, in, in his, his approach to how can I take this old fashioned flank steak and make something unique or special out of it. So, you know, I haven't seen Diva's book yet. Is there an associated book tour of, of any sort? Um, there's a, if, if one goes to amazingribs.com slash book, um, you'll find a, 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 a preliminary schedule. Yeah, I'm going to do some traveling, uh, not a lot, um, a lot of work here in the Midwest, Chicago, Milwaukee, some dinners, more things coming together. I'm going to do... Uh, Weber's brisket camp. Uh, I'm going up to Milwaukee. There's a uh, uh, really neat barbecue restaurant whose name just escaped me. Um, they're going to do uh, dinner based on the recipes in the book. Uh, uh, so I, you know, yeah, I'll be out and about. I've already gone to New York and uh, taped Rachel Ray's show. Wow, that was cool. That was very cool. Rachel, you know, say what you want. Rachel runs a tight ship. She is a pro. I felt really welcome working with her. We had a lot of fun. Um, we, uh, we debunked some myths. That's a big part of the book is uh, 
debunking the mythology that is so popular and brought widespread in barbecue. And uh, anybody who's seen the website knows I, I relish in that. With Dr. Blonder's help, we, uh, uh, we, we, we've attempted to analyze why do we do things like this. And a lot of times we find out, well, there's actually a better way. Meathead Goldwyn joining me here on the show. Uh, we're talking about his new book. Meathead, I'm going to hold you here one second uh, while I do this read, and then uh, if it's all right, we'll run down some uh, some myths or uh, topics that we can vamp on here for a couple minutes. Sure. I'm uh, parked in a parking lot right now, so I all can right. stay here. Right in the mean streets of the uh, Windy City, so uh, safe, I'm sure. Oh, my goodness. Uh, we'll get you out of there quick, Meathead. Uh, let me talk to you quickly about Cook Shack Manufacturers of smoker ovens for barbecue lovers with any amount of experience. Whether you barbecue in the backyard, on the competition circuit, or in a five-star dining facility, Cook Shack has the unit that will do the job. And with a full line of barbecue sauces, spices, pellets, and wood chunks, it's the perfect one-stop shop. Cook Shack strives to be your barbecue resource center by offering cooking classes, online recipes, how-to videos, Two blogs, Smoking Grilling 101s and a Video Cooking Classroom. Check out their website at cookshack.com or follow them on these social media types, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Pinterest, Google+. Get advice or share your passion for barbecue on their world-famous barbecue forum. Cookshack pellet-fired smokers are the choice of champions because they were designed by a champion, Ed Fast Eddie Martin. The FEC 100 and PG-1000 are always customer favorites. Why? Because the PG-1000 can double as a smoker or a grill. Low and slow, hot and fast, the pellet grill line gives you the most for the money. Cook Shack Residential Electric Smokers are number one in the industry. High quality means high durability and versatility. Anything you can cook in an oven, you can make on a Cook Shack. Passion and dedication drives Cook Shack's manufacturing with quality always being at the forefront. Get the best in barbecue since 1962 and call 800-423-0698 with any questions. Again, that's 800-423-0698. Or again, visit their website, cookshack.com. That's cookshack.com. All right, we're back with more Meathead Goldwyn right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Green Mountain Grills, manufacturers of some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. You need a big one for a lot of food? They got one. How about medium size? Because you're medium size. They got you covered there, too. How about something small to take on tailgates or camping? They got you covered there, too. Also, they can supply you with wood pellets. Check them out at GreenMountainGrills.com. I love my Green Mountain Grill. My Jim Bowie. You could love yours, too. Visit the website, GreenMountainGrills.com. All right, uh, we're back with more Meathead. Risking life and limb parked out in the uh, middle of who knows where in Chicago. <laughs> no, no, I'm in downtown Chicago, uh, right right across from Italy, Greg. You hey, remember Italy? Oh, who, do yeah, I remember? I'm in, that, I'm in yes. the same garage that you and I were in. Unbelievable. You don't happen to have an extra magnum of 2006 silver oak tucked in your back pocket, do you? Oh, God, I wish I did. That was the last <laughs> one, pal. What a pleasure that was. No doubt about it. All right, uh, so, Beathead, let's go ahead and talk about a few... 
different topics here, if you don't mind, for the balance of the second segment. And the first one that I saw as we were kind of corresponding and uh, shooting around ideas, why charcoal briquettes are better than lump? And I know years ago we went round and round about if barbecue was a umbrella and grilling fell under or if I was making my case between their two different cooking methods. This almost seems like it could be an even bigger fight that charcoal briquettes are better than lump because you certainly have two distinct parties weighing in on either side. Yeah, here's my take on it. Cooking is all about temperature control. You've got to control temperature and you've got to control flavor. And each briquette is a unit of heat, a measurement of heat. A Weber chimney holds a roughly 80 briquettes. So you've got a known quantity of heat there, of energy. Um, half of it is half of the, half the heat. So um, when you, when, and, and yes, they have binders. They have compounds that hold them together. But it's mostly cornstarch, mostly natural ingredients. There's, I mean, I've seen what I think is the list. You know, Kingsford has never been candid about exactly what's in there. But I've seen what a lot of people think is a list from reliable sources. And I don't see anything scary on that list. And I like to teach people, get the fire under control. It's all about fire control. Well, when you're dealing with lump, you've got big chunks, you've got little chunks. You've got some wood that has been thoroughly carbonized and some wood that hasn't. Now, carbonization is the process by which charcoal is made. They actually pre-burn the wood so that it turns to carbon, and you end up with a heat source that's more concentrated even than wood. But if you don't carbonize it thoroughly, then you can generate a lot of smoke. Well, in that bag of lump charcoal, who knows what wood is in there? There could be 20 different kinds of woods, and if it's not thoroughly carbonated, then you're going to get more smoke. Now, that sounds like a good thing. Okay, lump makes better smoke. Well, it does, but I use charcoal for heat. Charcoal's for heat. Wood is for flavor. I don't want miscellaneous smoke coming from my charcoal whose source I don't know. And, you know, a lot of times when I look at a bag of lump, I see what is clearly lumber, pieces of scrap lumber from the lumberyard. Now, maybe it's hardwood scrap from cabinet making. But I'm always a little nervous when I see that lumber that maybe it's treated two-by-fours. And I do not want treated lumber. I, I don't think they're treating lumber with arsenic anymore, but they used to. And, you know, if they're tearing down old homes and chopping up the wood and sending it off to the rickyard to be carbonized for lump, there could be arsenic in there. I don't know. I, I, I mean, let's, let's say it's safe. Let's say it's all safe. I've found plastic in there. I've found nuts and bolts in there and nails in there. Um, I just want control. I'm a control freak. I want um, uh, known quantities of heat, measurable quantities of heat, and I don't want smoke from my charcoal. I want smoke from my wood. I want to pick the wood and the quantity. So I really recommend, especially for beginners, um, uh, charcoal. Now, we haven't talked about cooking with wood. I mean, you were just talking about the fast eddy pellet smokers. Pellets are a whole nother world. Um, logs are a whole nother word, but it, world. 
gas is a whole nother world. But if you're going to choose charcoal, I think briquettes is the way to go. Are you making any kind of a jump or speculation, Meathead, that, that you know there's 20 different species or that you're not sure if there's arsenic in it or not? I mean, I, I, I figure that uh, lump manufacturing has to be under some type of regulation, no? No, not at all. No, no charcoal, really? not even briquettes. No, there's no regulation over that at all. Um, no, there's, this is not like Appalachian Controle out of French wine. Nobody goes into the uh, charcoal factory and says, uh, we're here to inspect your wood. I'm completely flabbergasted. Yeah, um, you know, and some people might argue that's not another agency we need out of our government. Others might say, well, you know, maybe we ought to be inspecting this stuff. Um, and we depend on the honesty of the manufacturer, and we hope that they are selecting wood uh, based on its quality, not its price. But, you know, that raises another favorite question of mine, and that is, I get it all the time, well, I'm cooking chicken, what wood do you recommend I use? How do you know when you buy a bag of cherry chunks that it's really cherry in there? Again, there's no government inspector checking. You got a big old rickyard with lumber stacked up, and Home Depot just placed an order for 10,000 cases of cherry wood, and you got 5,000 of them boxed up and ready to go, and you ran out. How do you know they haven't thrown some hickory and some oak and some <laughs> other stuff in that bag and just labeled it cherry? How do you know that's really cherry? Can you tell? By, I'm sure there's some people who can tell. How do we um, know that this is Meathead Goldwyn on the phone? <laughs> well, don't we have to have some kind of, of uh, business trust, or should we always be speculatory? Yeah, yeah, yeah you do trust. You, you have some trust. But, um, you know, um, is hickory from Arkansas the same flavor profile as hickory from New York? I used to have shagbark hickory prop, uh, on my property. That's the damnedest tasting stuff. It doesn't taste like any other hickory I ever tasted, but it's hickory. Um, is it shagbark or is it is it uh, pig nut? Pig nut hickory tastes different than shagbark hickory. We make so much over the what what really matters is all the other stuff. I mean, the wood is a major component of the flavor, but the meat, the spices, the temperature that you cook at, and the temperature you cook to, the sauce are all major parts of the profile. Wood is just one instrument in the orchestra. I tell people, focus on temperature control. Get your fire under control. Get your heat under control. Get your doneness temps right. Um, get your sauces and your rubs. And buy one source of wood and just cook with one source of wood for a whole year until you got everything else under control. And then start playing with woods. What do you tell folks in regards to the briquette, since you are a fan due to uniform and being able to calculate the heat output between 80 and 40 and, and whatever? Do you have a fire-up method? Because a lot of people would sit here and tell you that if it's not properly ignited, you're going to get, uh, for instance, Kingsford, yeah. you're going to get that uh, blue yeah. bag smell or aroma on your mm -hmm. meat. How do, you, how do you overcome that? Yeah, you, you have to get briquettes completely ashed over they got to be fully hot cold briquettes and and the same goes true for cold lump cold charcoal 
puts out a lot of white smoke, and that's a different flavor profile than blue smoke. Um, blue smoke comes from hot fires, um, and uh, if you've got briquettes burning at highest maximum tension, all ashed over, they put out very little smoke. Very little smoke, very little aroma, very little flavor. That's what I want them for. I want them for heat. I want the wood to give me my flavor. So, uh, you know, it, 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 it's never been a problem for me. Now, I know people who swear they can taste when the meat's been cooked over Kingsford. Um, I was once the wine tasting champion of Chicago. I was on the U.S. wine tasting team. That was years ago when my palate's declined, but I got a decent palate. I really can't taste it once the, once the charcoal's fully ignited. If I fire up a chimney and get it half lit, dump the coals out, and throw the steaks in, I can taste that it's white smoke and that it's not fully lit uh, charcoal. But yep. once it's fully lit, I can't taste it. Do you champion then uh, minion method or the the snake method of charcoal since it's going to be lit going against yeah, unlit at some point? That's a tough question. Yeah, right. Because the minion method or the donut method that Harry Sue uh, used, a lot of people love it, and it's a really good technique for getting a fire going for hours and hours and hours at a steady temp. Um, and it involves uh, starting some coals, getting them good and hot and laying them down next to or on top of unlit coals. <clears throat> and you do have that issue. You do have the issue of the unlit coals creating um, uh, un un uh, undesirable flavors sometimes. It's a problem. Um, and that gets to be uh, an issue over fire control. Um, you have a similar issue with the ceramic cookers. They're so efficient that the fire smolders. It's dying for oxygen. Uh, the best flavor smoke, stick burners out there, you've got them in your audience tonight. Stick burners will tell you. You get that, those, those, those logs burning and down, burned down to coals. They're red hot. That's when you get your, your best color and best flavor smoke. Um, so, uh, um, you know, it, it, it's a trade-off. Um, you don't often see a lot of Kamados winning competitions. You do see a lot of uh, Jambos winning competitions. And, you know, the trends change. I mean, a few years ago, pellets were winning all the awards. So, uh, you know, it's a moving target. It's a matter of taste. Meathead Goldwyn joining me here on the show. AmazingRibs.com is his website. When I think maybe we've just uncovered our newest expose, which is going to be uh, infiltrating mm -hmm. lump briquette ma or uh, lump charcoal makers here over across the country over well, the next uh, couple of years. I mean, sure. You and I visited the Kingsford plant together. Right. right. You remember the mountain of sawdust? Oh yeah. Now they swear that that sawdust is all from uh, lumber, you know, uh, sawmills, and it's all they, they said it's. It's almost all hardwood, so they're leaving open the possibility there could be some pine or something in there, um, but it would be very small. If there's pine in there, you hear a lot of crack and popping, and, and hey, I, I, when I burn lump, often, especially the teeth lump, <laughs> I hear a lot of crackling and yeah, popping, and that's, right. that's, that's sap. That's sap. That's uncarbonized wood 
Um, and it, it could very well be softwoods like pine. You don't get the snap, crackle, pop out of uh, briquettes. Uh, Meathead, before I let you go, and, and one of the other things that I meant to mention about the book is that if you get the book, you get a 90-day free membership into the AmazingRibs.com Pitmasters Club. That's right. How about That's that? Right. Yeah, and, and it's kind of cool because we've got a lot of fun stuff in there, and there's this great new feature that we just added yeah. this month. Some some clown out of Cleveland with a beautiful radio voice is doing a 30-minute pit cast of the latest news from the world of barbecue and a little news thrown in from elsewhere, and it's really fun. It's really good. He's uh, he's on his fourth or fifth edition issue, and, Greg, you're really knocking it out of the park. It's a great edition. We got this uh, pit cast every, mo- uh, every, every week. Um, we got Clint Cantwell once a month doing interviews for an hour with pitmasters, um, exclusive to members, drawings every month, uh, $1,000 grills and smokers every month given away. Uh, the, uh, the forum is just chock full of great advice, ideas, recipes, debates, and it's civil. It's really civil. We, we, we haven't ever kicked anyone off. Um, so it's a cool place. Thanks for mentioning it. Yeah, you get 90 days free trial if you get the book. So, uh, Meathead, always appreciate the time. Uh, We hope that the book rollout goes exceedingly well. And in a month from now, we'll follow up and see where the numbers are and see if we're going to, you know, commit to another book. (laughs) Thanks, Craig. And I'm sorry I wasn't at my computer uh, so you could look at my ugly mugly, but uh, I'm glad we uh, finally got together. but good old technology uh, saved our asses. No doubt. Uh, until next month, Meathead. Always appreciate the time. There you. Always good talking to you in the central life. Meathead Goldwyn from AmazingRibs.com. Uh, if you haven't joined the Pitmasters Club yet, we'll talk about that. Uh, we'll talk about it a little bit later in the show. But if you get the book, you get 90 days free trial. That's good. Let me uh, adjust my thing here. That's Dave Close. He's a barbecue legend. We're going to talk to him here in a little bit. All right, folks, uh, if you are like me, you want to step up the barbecue and grilling game. There's a lot of speculation what you should be doing, where you should be going, all this rigmarole. The easiest place to go, the one that I go each and every time, butcherbarbecue.com. That's right. Here's what you need to know. New website up and running. It's great. The user interface is wonderful. Very easy to navigate. No doubt about it. You have all of the products that I've been talking about for years now. The tried and true stuff. The injections. The rubs. The sauces. If you have always thought about... Because maybe you're like me. You know, years ago, if you're a fan of the show, you've heard me... So, you know, back in the olden days, I thought injection was just for, you know, dead battery in my car. Meathead, what? That if you were like me, you thought injection was just for the competition guys. But then you finally get over yourself and you get some injection because you want to try it out. Because you all you hear about is how good it helps the end product. Dave is the leader in injections. Get it. Your beef injections, your pork injections... Your bird boosters, all the injections, they're wonderful. Now, 
One of the newer items that I have been so excited about, and I'm telling everybody about it, whether it's on this show, whether it's just trolling down the back streets of Wycliffe, Ohio, the grilling oils. Here's what I love best about them. Uh, A, they come in three different flavors, butter flavor, chipotle, and steakhouse. But they are shelf-stable. What does that mean? It means that you don't have to put it in your refrigerator in order for it to stay non-rancid. Or it won't just go bad sitting out on the countertop. So you can leave it by the stove and remember every time you go to cook or think of, hey, I'm making this. Maybe I can use some grilling oil in this situation. When it's out, you use it. Out of sight, out of mind, right? At least it is for me. So I use the grilling oils all the time. You can set them outside by the grills or the smokers. They work wonderful as like that initial adherent. If you're going to be putting rub on that, that's how. I, that's like my first new secret step when I do the smoke-roasted buffalo-style chicken wings on the cookers. They're great. Head on over to ButcherBBQ.com. That's ButcherBBQ.com. And aside from the sauce, the injections, the grilling oils, get the new rubs. The cherry rub, the pecan rub, the triple-secret master purveyor's blend rub of Dave's, and the chipotle rub. Come on. Get over there right now. I swear to God. Do it. Big name interviews. Get over there. on cooking brisket and ribs. And the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Thanks to Meathead Goldwyn for joining me this past segment. 216-220-0966. You can email the show, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Once again, Meathead's book is called The Science of Great Barbecue and Grilling. Meathead. 90-day free trial to the pit club as well. $35 retail, but selling on Amazon for, I think it was like, a little less than 25 bucks or whatever it was. So, if you're looking for a summer gift, wives, if you're looking for a Father's Day gift, because Mother's Day was last week, get over it. Now it's our time. Man time. If your husband or boyfriend or whatever, if he's a dad of some sort, and he likes barbecue, and he likes science, and he likes the science of barbecue. Meathead's book is probably going to be right up his alley. Get a copy. You're going to be happy you did. Big second hour coming up. Three guests in four seconds. Wait, one, two, three guests in four. No, three guests in three segments, I guess. And on top of that, a barbecue legend. I don't exactly remember the last time that I spoke with Dave Close. Easy, easy five, six years. So to get a catch up with him is going to be phenomenal. I don't know if you folks are familiar with Close Pits, but once again, I don't traditionally throw the word barbecue legend around, but when it comes to pit making, few are nearly as accomplished. 30 years of being in the biz. Uh, The Sam's Club National Barbecue Series also rolls on this week. So, 
If you're going to be in Bowling Green, Kentucky, that might be something you want to check out as time rolls on. Another local event, as I said. Yeah, a lot of, uh, lot of stuff being bantered about now with the charcoal stuff. Meathead kind of blew the lid off of stuff. How many times do you just consume something or use something and you really don't think about, is this regulated? What What is this really? As Meathead said, when you go to Lowe's or Walmart and it says Cherrywood. Now look, maybe cherry was like the worst example to use because if you have any eye and you know what cherry wood looks like in the middle of it it really looks red you know like cherries hence the cherry wood part plus the bark on the outside it's got a special look to it but oak apple hickory because of how they kind of bark it out in the chunks how do you know got me It's a mystery. It's faith. It's trust in the retailer. It's also me with my handy recording device doing a little expose, maybe, on briquette and lump charcoal makers. All right, stick around. Be right back. This is Rennie Kanoff with ChampionshipBBQ.tv, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How is long? You have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what, what, what seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the, in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate two feet before we nursed. Oh, listen, Laverne, it's a feast. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Top men. All right, just like that, we are into the second hour. It's the Barbecue Central Show. It's the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. What could be more important than a repeat winner of the Barbecue Tool of the Year? Nothing could be more important than that. That's why we welcome back Dan Uledal from the Chops Power Injector System in Barbecue, Kansas City. Dan, how are you, buddy? I am great. How are you? I'm doing. Is that? Are you watching the Royals behind you? I am. What do you think about them this year? Uh, I'm a little hit or miss. Right. I mean, it's it's still kind of early, though, right? Of course. Yeah, you have to. Uh, I mean, world champions. I mean, you got to uh, weigh the good, the bad, and uh, let the ugly get over with. Uh, Dan, in 2015, the Chops Power Injector System was voted Barbecue Tool of the Year, and then that it was this year. You went, like, back-to-back. A lot of guys like to do that in barbecue competitions, but you did it in, really, an esteemed forum at uh, HPBA. So congratulations 
uh, to that. But I think, doesn't that really just go and prove out there's a lot of gimmicks and bullshit and a lot of money drops that you can get into when it comes to the accoutrements of barbecue and grilling. But this probably has to really galvanize the product as a legitimate tool that not only the backyard guy can see value in, uh, but the competitors and the caterers and so on. Oh, I would I would agree with you 100%. I, uh, I put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into making Chops Power Injectors um, go the long haul. Um, I, I made them so that they could uh, take the abuse that we give to them, you know, throwing them in a box, throwing them in the back of the truck, and go into a contest a thousand miles away and be able to pick it up and it's going to work for you um, with very little maintenance and upkeep. So, yeah, I've, um, I'm, I'm proud of myself for winning back-to-back product of the year, and it's the MBBQA, um, not the HPB. Oh, whatever. yeah, correct. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah NBBQA. So there's three different models that you can choose from. This year, uh, three different models placed in Barbecue Tool of the Year. So you have the uh, the competition and catering Big Daddy, the CHOPS full power injector system, which is the one kind of over there to the right. There right you go. Let here. Me, let, me, uh, let me blow up the screen here a little bit. There you go. Oh, yeah, there you go. So that's the, the CHOPS full power injector system. Yes, this is the CHOPS full power injector system. Um, you could throw this uh, pickup tube into a bucket uh, and inject from uh, let's just say a 32 ounce cup or a 20 ounce cup all the way up to a 55 gallon drum. Um, see where that thing ends? Right there. All the way down it would sit right on top of a 55 gallon drum if so be you needed to inject that much stuff. And it would keep up with you, and it would uh, it would definitely uh, make your life a lot easier than trying to use a single needle type injector. And aside from the pickup tube difference between the other two, you don't have to stop every so often and repressurize with the hand pump. It's just kind of point and shoot, right? Right. Yeah. You as long as you got fluid, and you didn't overmix your spices or something like that, you're going to just go, go, go. And people that are going to that are going to go on that kind of scale are going to um, probably just use a uh, a powder-based injection. Um, so yeah, you could just go until you're out of fluid, mix up more, and keep going. Uh, and it's going to make it's going to make such a difference in your impact, your flavor, your moisture retention. Uh, if you like experiment with different flavors and stuff like that, you're going to be able to do all that on a huge scale. Um, and then the other side of the table is my half gallon, which is still the number one seller. Um, you don't have to fill it all the way up. Uh, you can fill it up halfway or a quarter of the way and just do a couple pieces of meat or a single piece of meat. And it's going to suck every single drop out of this. This is what you have, right, Greg? Yep, that's the one that I have. And uh, as you said, there's a lot of times where I fill it a quarter or halfway up. I think, you know, one of the human nature things is you think you got to fill it all the way up in order for it to work properly or to get maximum benefit, and that is that is not the case. Right, and that's what I get from people whenever I do demos, like at uh, uh, some of our local places, like Smoke and Fire. You're looking at people that uh, are 
backyarders. That's all they do. They have a, a propane grill, and they look at this and go, "Oh my God, it's just too big. I can't, I can't deal with that." You know, so they'll go get a little needle, and they'll end up cooking for their for a family event, and end up with carpal tunnel, and break their <laughs> their single needle injector, and they're going to go, "I should have got that thing when I saw it, because it's a great investment." And it's going to last you years as long as you take, like I said, the minimum amount of maintenance, keep it clean and dry, and oil the pump. Take the trigger apart every once in a while, oil it. You're good to go. And then you have the bigger brother, which is the full gallon chops power injector system. So uh, basic setup is the same. It's just holding double the amount. Right, exactly. Everything's the same. It does what I've uh, – I don't know why I didn't realize this earlier – but it has a bigger pickup tube inside of it. It has a quarter-inch pickup tube. So you're able to get a little bit heavier spice through to the trigger. The trigger is no different than the half-gallon or the full power, um, but it doesn't... I've had some people say that with the half-gallon, they've plugged up the pickup tube itself with heavier spices. You're going to... I mean... With every tool you buy, there is a little bit of a learning curve. But with the one gallon, you can put a little bit more spice through it, and it's not going to plug up. And if it does, it's going to plug up right there in the trigger. So you have those three units. Uh, they, they are award-winning, as we know. And tomorrow, you are making your way out to Memphis in May uh, with the last couple minutes that we have left. Uh, you, you've, you've kind of... Uh, purchased or one purchased a spot on a pretty significant team coming into this weekend i did i at the mbbqa convention in jacksonville um there was an auction and brooke from the shed said we will give away a spot on the team of the shed's cooking team which they won uh the world champion last year. They right. won the whole thing. So I'm like, I think I, I need to do that. I've been sponsoring them for the last few years. Made them uh, some interesting contraptions over the year. I made it uh, over the years. A couple of years ago, I made them a backpack injector. You pour gallons and a big trigger. <laughs> you pump it up and it'll blast injection 15 feet away. Um, and they still use it. They love it. Um, this year I'm going to take a full power injector and they're going to use that on their, on their whole hog and whatever else they decide to do. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be cooking on the Shed's barbecue team. Um, and I will be at Memphis in May tomorrow night at, I'm hoping about seven o'clock up until I leave, uh, Sunday morning. Will you have product to retail out to people? How does that work if they see you? Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be told by anybody, but if you see them, I mean, you never know yeah. what could happen, right? You can get a hold of me a hundred different ways. You can get a hold of me by my phone. You can get a hold of me on email. You can get a hold of me on Facebook, Messenger. My uh, my Facebook pages, I mean, you can, you can track me down. I'll try to stick around the shed. Um, we've got a local guy that, that was gracious enough to put... 40 injectors in his trailer that's going down there. So I'll have product up until I don't have product. So I'm, uh, taking, 
a lot of uh, a lot of needles and tools if you have an issue that we need to jack around with i uh, i will do uh, on-site repair customer service at its finest award-winning products at their finest and you can find him cooking with the shed in some capacity with uh, the uh, again with the shed in Memphis in May this coming weekend so uh, there are the if you think we're lying folks we're not lying these are the awards right there uh, first place 2016 award of excellence same uh, you got fourth place and you have uh, third place as well so uh, all three of those winning awards at MBBQA uh, this year uh, so Dan continued congratulations on the success of the product and hopefully somehow the appearance on this show helps the shed pull off a reserve. Uh, oh my God! A repeat grand championship this uh, this year. Yes, I appreciate it, man. I I like what you do and uh, keep it up. All right, we will talk to you soon and uh, good luck in Memphis. That's Dan Ulidal, everybody, showing his products and uh, as I say. Gr- I'm sure there's some applications that a single needle is fine. For a lot of applications, if you get the CHOPS power injector system, if you overcome your mindset of, is that too much? Am I really going to? Yes, you're really going to use it. And you're really going to like it. And you're really going to save time. So don't just take my word for it because Dan pays me to read. I have it and I use it. It's really good. Ask around. If you didn't know already, Big Papa Smokers is the one-stop online shop for anyone interested in barbecue. The number one dealer of Mac Pellet Grills in the world. The Big Papa Smokers website features a wide selection of American-made grill smokers, such as the Old Hickory Ace BP, the Gateway Drum Smoker, even a drum kit that gives you everything you need to make a world-class smoker out of a 55-gallon drum. Big Papa's also made a name for itself in recent years by crafting an award-winning line of championship rubs, from flavors like Sweet Money to Happy Ending. Their rubs have had a hand in winning almost every major barbecue competition, period. Don't think that they can just be pigeonholed in competitive barbecue either. BPS rubs have become so well-known that they've been picked up by a nationwide restaurant chain, BJ's Restaurant and Brew House. With four of the nine rubs featured on their permanent menu and amid glowing reviews, BPS rubs are so well-proven, you know they're going to be a great addition to your pantry. You know about the West Coast offense. Him and uh, the Genie got together. They're redefining flavor profiles that competitive cooks from across the country have begun to aim for. They also have the online meat locker with top-quality meats from Snake River Farm. Ship right to your door. The American Kobe beef, the Caribouda pork, Double R Ranch meats. Big Papa's meat locker has something for every type of barbecue aficionado. They've also... Put together this BPS Elite Team, featuring 15 of the best competition teams in the country, working together to promote camaraderie, competition, barbecue, and to benefit children's charities across the U.S. Keep in mind that Big Papa Smokers has been able to do all of this with only six years of being in the biz, turning competition barbecue on its head, providing customers with the very best barbecue products, becoming a staple of a nationwide restaurant chain, and benefiting children's charities across the U.S. Just the beginning continues to be just the beginning website is bigpapasmokers.com all right we're back with dave close what dave close right after this stick around be right back
Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Welcome back. This portion of the show is being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all of your pellet-driven cookers. Visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also buy at Amazon.com. Don't forget that Cooking Pellets has their own app. Download it to your phone. I've been told that when Amazon decides to get a little hair up the ass and blow them out at crazy shipping prices, Cooking Pellets app will alert you. So you can buy and save at the same time. A lot of people love to buy and save. Why not? I love to buy and save. Again, it's cookingpellets.com, or you can visit amazon.com. Rarely on the show do I use the terms barbecue and legend together. However, I make zero exceptions when I say barbecue legend now joining me, both on the cooking scene, but uh, as as you would go through the annals of history, the barbecue pit making scene. Let's go ahead. And race over the hotline and welcome back Dave Close to the show. Dave, how are you, man? Well, good evening. It's been a while since I talked to you. I know, Dave. Man, you are still building pits, son. Well, who'd have thought that 38 years ago when I started <laughs> this dang thing, I'd still be doing this? <laughs> that's So, like, that's the lead question, Dave, is, you know, 30-plus years of building pits, uh, whether it was, you know, starting out and just kind of doing it in the in the garage and then ultimately forming the business and growing to what it is today. Did you think, you know, 30-plus years ago that you would foresee being, you know, in the midst of really a barbecue explosion of sorts? Yeah, I actually chose it. You know, I, I'd been a boilermaker when I was a kid building 200 ton stand-up pressure vessels and went to the newspaper industry for about 15 years. And I took a serious look when I got out of that at the barbecue industry. And, you know, somewhat 40 years ago, it was back in its infancy. And I realized with the, the meticulous nature I have for mass skill and steel and creativity, I realized that I might be able to actually make a dent. So what was the first cooker that you ever made and, and was it something that was like like did you keep the first cooker you ever made or was that a, a commissioned operation no no i actually did uh you know i had a buddy of mine that was helping me on and off and uh one day he came in and i was sitting there laying on the floor laying next to a pit still dripping wet with paint he goes uh where'd you get that i made it and he said uh you don't know how to make pits. I went. I do now. <laughs> so do you like? Do you? I kept that for decades, and then it, I forgive. I think we donated it to one of the high schools so they could auction it off for scholarship money. Is is it just a skill thing, or do you actually like get down to drafting and drawing out and all that stuff, or is it just kind of a, a knock around and feel thing for you? Well, originally, you know, way back, you know, we made every mistake probably two hundred times. But even an idiot can learn if they pay attention. Uh, yeah, it appears to my t- meticulous nature and AutoCAD and drafting, engineering, things like that. Because you get into some really unique situations when you're doing these semi-pits and the torpedoes and fire trucks and things like that. 
I actually got a hold of a uh, 83 C-grade fire truck that I want to cut up in my spare time and turn into a pit with TVs and lighted dance floors and all this stuff and maybe trade it to one of the guys that owns the Roldis dealership for a used silver fan and Rolls Royce. <laughs> and they said, well, what are you going to do with that? Are you going to tour? I went, no, I'm going to cut it up and make a barbecue pit out of it. I don't think that's ever been done, a Rolls Royce barbecue pit. And uh, I've been dreaming about it over 30 years. Dave Close joining me here on the show. The website, by the way, if you've never been there, bbqpits.com, as simple as it sounds, bbqpits.com. Dave, you know, let's talk about design of barbecue pits. When you hear Texas in general, and I know Houston and some of the other surrounding areas, that Texas traditional barbecue pit, it's steel, it's offset, you have the nice draft working. And then over the years, especially, let's say, over the last four or five years, maybe 10, you've seen a lot of other style smokers become fashionable as well as the offsets, the cabinets, uh, the insulated sure. uh, pellet cookers and all this other stuff. Why do you think the traditional offset, or as I call it, the Texas offset, continues to be something that guys want to put and girls want to put in their backyard and continue to be efficiently good cookers with? simplicity of design you know that's I've, I've always been a meat and potatoes man and i want something that doesn't have any moving parts that can't break you know i had actually had a guy in ohio call me a while back and he said well Dave, i bought a pit that was a mobile pit that was like 10 years old and the guy had it like 15 years and then somebody before him and i think it's 20 years and i said well does it have this to have well i think i said look is it dented Anywhere on it? He said, yeah, all over. I said, it's not one of mine. <laughs> <laughs> I shot mine inside with a forty-four Magnum. It didn't do anything. <laughs> but, yeah, there's been a lot of change in the last 40 years. You know, you got to remember, I mean, from my standpoint, you know, 50 years ago, uh, pits were gigantic diameter, super thick pipe. The firebox was ultra-thin. The smokestacks were very small, five or six of them, and the reason for that was that that was all the materials that the welders could steal off the inshore platforms. (laughs) 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 And uh, through the years, it started developing. We started reducing the footprint, you know, in the pits and learned how to thermal regulate them, you know, by natural draft instead of a bunch of moving parts that are going to break servos and, you know, motorized baffling and things like that. We learned how to make them cook and applied that to even the semi pits that you've seen. You know, when you can get a 90 foot pit and get it five degrees left to right and top to bottom, that's, that's draft and understand the reignition of gases and so on. But the traditional people, they, they ingrained, in their psyche, they still have this old West foundry uh, type mentality, which is great. And I, I kind of realized it when I did that uh, North Dakota Grand Forks, North Dakota flood disaster about 12 years ago. We were up there with that, uh, you know, 90 foot semi pit, and I mean there was FEMA and the governor and mayor and hundreds of volunteers and things like that, but. What was interesting was I was the cook on the pit, and everybody came to me with their problems and questions. Everybody. 
And, I was, and when I got back, I researched that, and I researched the old cattle drives, and I came to find out something. The trail boss was not the boss. He just ran the cows. The cook was the head of everything. He was the banker, arbitrage, the medic, the cook. And I think people just naturally harbor toward that, you know, philosophy when they go to the cook at a cook-off or things like that to just get right at it, you know? And I went, wow, that's pretty amazing. I didn't know that. When you look at a traditional offset, uh, like a close pit or, or some of the other ones, there almost seems to be two styles at this point. You have, I guess, what I would call like the normal draft. So you have the firebox, uh, if we're looking at it on the right, the cooking chamber, and then the stack opposite on the uh, on the cooking chamber. So you get that kind of right-to-left draft, if you will. And then you also have uh, some other models uh, that are called like the reverse flow or whatever they're called. Then you have stack, which would be the same side as the firebox. Have you ever messed around right. with that? I mean, obviously, uh, close are traditionally, you know, the, the right to left draft, if you will. But have you toyed around with reverse flows and all that other stuff at some point? Yeah, yeah, 40 years ago. Well, you know, we have it's left side, right side is immaterial. Generally, they're built right hand firebox because God's over your right shoulder, devil over your left. But we make them either way, depending on the draft <laughs> of the arena of where it's going against the wall, whether it's in Amarillo, whether it's a 50 mile an hour wind, we've got them in 28 countries. So we know how they perform at 50 below zero. But about 40 years ago, I was, a, I did that, the reverse flow. And then years later, I split up the plates into individual six or eight of them and then years after that we changed the thickness on them and then a few years after that we started mass messing with the burnell uh steel plate comes in 2200 uh, 2, grades of burnell it's carbon content and the higher the carbon the denser the plate like t-target silhouettes on and once we started playing with that getting a pit within 60 degrees it's not that difficult, but it's that last 60 degrees that can be rough. And to get it, it's meticulous. And even people, it's funny, they ask me, you know, well, how do you tune a pit? And I said, the same way you tune a fish. They said, well, give me the uh, layman's terms. I said, well, look, you're, you're dealing with ambient, radiant temperature, aerothermal, hydrodynamic field, and magnetic shield, and holistic are barometric and altitude about what country. They went, that's the layman's terms? <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say the same thing. Went, you, yeah, you don't need to know. You know, I, I can't make a car piston. Can you? No. I know how they work. I know how they work, but I can't make one. Well, that's that's me and pits and draft. I can pass a propane tank 200 yards on the other side of the freeway on Saturday at 8 o'clock in the morning in Arkansas, and I can tell you how hot it is, how long it's been lit. What, what kind of wood he's got it, just from the color of the smoke. Because I've, I've sat there every day for 40 years studying it. It's amazing what you can see. And, you know, they don't even need thermometers. 40, 50 years ago, you put your hand on the pit, and if you could hold it only three and a half seconds, that was 325 degrees. It's the old cast iron pot cooking stuff, double Dutch oven, so on. But yeah, we started developing it, shortening the footprint. We reduced the footprint in the last 40 years probably by about three-fourths and learned how to stack shelving and regulate draft where people could get these things. You know, a lot of them, we do you know, pretty much a full spread 
a backyard. They can be round pipe, square, round vertical, um, octagon, rectangular, articulating shelving. But we also do the indoor commercial pits, you know, the big ones. I kind of get a kick when the real big indoor pit people go, hey, if you want a pit that holds over 1,500 pounds, it's only one guy that knows how to make it where it'll cook because we've done those gigantic ones and learned how to regulate them, which is not so easy, you know, but it's funny, the bigger the pit is, the more fun it is to cook on, especially in competition or backyard. I learned that the hard way. A guy had actually embarrassed me decades ago, and he goes, well, what do you got at home in your backyard? And back then, I was working (laughs) 720s, and I went, uh, you know, mechanic's car, so on. I said, it's bad. He said, how bad? It's bad. He said, $20 bullet. I went, nope, I got a borrowed one. He went, close, you cheap son of a gun. He said, <laughs> you didn't even spend $20 on a barbecue pit. It embarrassed me so bad. I brought three or four of them home. I went, you know, he's right. I should have some decent equipment at home. <laughs> you just hate to take it away from the public just to take it home for yourself. But we do a lot of experimentation. You know, I've been making rub for almost 40 years. Oh, hey, I just sold uh, my first four cases overseas to Europe today. That's the first time I've had an overseas order. Are you surprised, Dave, not to sidetrack here off of you know the, your domestic business, but you've kind of been a, a visionary and, and a foreseer of how popular barbecue is going to be here over the last you know couple of decades. Are you surprised to see how much the European countries have picked up their love and interest and almost fanaticism for barbecue in all facets? Well, I was an honorary ambassador through the UN for two years. We actually cooked in Europe about six, eight years on and off, and I was a recruitment director for the World Barbecue Association. So I, I think the main reason for that was that I could call people from America at 3 o'clock in the morning because there's a seven- to nine-hour time difference. Yeah. And I could convince the countries to come over here. I, we were actually the first international team in America at Jack Daniels. And all my friends came to me and they said, hey, Dave, I heard there's a the Irish world champions here. I went, yeah. He said, do you know him? I went, yeah, it's me. He went, what? <laughs> no, you're from Texas and your friend's from Washington State. I went, yeah, we went over to Ireland and won it. <laughs> and we continued to cook over there. Most of the time, though, you're dealing with the – Iron chefs or or five-star executive chefs in the restaurants because they want to learn. And then then it trickles down into the events management planning uh, people that can put on uh, cook-offs. We did that one in Lisbon, Varna, Ireland, and it was actually a uh, 800-year-old matchmaking festival. And uh, Willie Daly's the matchmaker, and he can – people he'll watch them dance if you go in his book that you want to get married he will watch people dance and pick the two that should be married his accuracy rate is uh for 52 years is 98 percent really yeah the guy's got a gift for picking the right people and we did a cook-off over there for a month and just absolutely amazing you know to see and the fun part i think is turning people on to something new that hasn't seen it that's probably the greatest reward is in showing who check this out. You, you got to remember brisket, fajita. Those were thrown in the trash 35 years ago. Right. They were thrown away. 
and we had, we had to learn from Mexico how to tenderize the meat. Now it's nine dollars a pound. <laughs> you know? But uh, you know, fortunately, the rains have come back quite a bit. You know, we had a nice five-year drought and a lot of the breadbasket of America, and they raised the feed prices and hay prices way up. But now with all the rains, it's coming back down. So I think we're going to get a little ease on the price of beef and whatnot. So that's a that's a plus to the weathers. Dave, from a from a business standpoint, is it still almost you know ninety percent custom pits by the time? people are done with their orders or do you have any stock stuff that you're selling off? How does that run for you guys right now? You want to change this radically from hour to hour. You know, that's, that's actually what I call dailies like America because the, the backyard pits and stuff like that, that changes by the hour. Yeah. I don't actually keep track of that. My girls at the office do. I'm more into overseas and high density yield cubits and international law and, trade agreements. I actually uh, built a pits for uh, Prince and Bonico, Grace Kelly's nephew. Nice. That was pretty cool. I cooked with the Norwegian government for 15 years at Memphis in May, and Craig, his own Oklahoma boy that wound up chasing a skirt back to Norway 40 years ago, he, he even brought over the Denmark team sponsored by the government. And I tell you, there ain't nothing finer in this world than to have 20 five-star chefs at your beck and call. I was showing strangers at Memphis, I said, check this out. I don't know. I think a 10-kilo halibut with dill sauce, bang, seven minutes. Uh, <laughs> barbecue ice cream, bang, four minutes. I'm like, this is great. <laughs> Easily spoiled, right? Oh, yeah. That's, people have asked me that my whole life. Well, how come you're not out at the cook-offs always winning? I said, because I'm surrounded by professional chefs all the time. Why would I want to cook? You know, even even Paul Kirk, I mean, seven-time world champion, we'd be at an event, and they went, well, how yeah, how do you get to do things like this? And I said, check this out. And I had a little, somebody had uh, loaned us a Weber kettle. I went, Paul, is this a good pit? And he just pushed everybody out of the way, and I said, bring the hand trucks up with the cases of meat. And he, he cooked <laughs> till all the meat was gone. And I went, yeah, it's easy. <laughs> a good cook only has one speed wide open. They'll cook till there's nothing left to cook, you know? <laughs> Paul taught me a lot through the years. I was actually his protege for seven years without even realizing it. I didn't notice it for a long time that when I asked him a question, he was telling me everything he knew about food science, chemistry, things like that. And uh, after a while, I realized, my God, he's telling me everything because he knows I'll pass it on. And that's the way it should be done. Now, there's no real secrets because it's all timing in competition. It's the same thing, you know. You got to look at the area. He he taught me a lot. He's in Kansas City. I'm in Texas. He says, "All right, we're going to New York tomorrow. You made the rub." I went, "Yeah." He went, "Wrong. You make it when you get there." <laughs> I said, "Why is that?" He said, "You listen to your body. If it's hot up there, your body wants salt." If it's cold, your body wants chili powder. You know, stick your finger in it. And once I threw away all the thousands of cookbooks and started doing that, uh, quality of my cooking went up 500% almost immediately. You know, if it's salty, add sugar. Oh, and it can't be that simple. He said, yeah, it really is. <laughs> simple works, and it wins competitions, too. 
you'll see uh, some of the biggest competitions in the world are won by beginners that have never cooked their or cooked in competition in their life. And then you get buddies like Mike Wells here in Houston, just won the Houston Rodeo Barbecue. That's a big deal. You know, that's 550, 600 teams. He cooks on our pits, but Mike's an incredible cook. He, uh, he's been, he's been a hell of a cook for 30 years. Yeah. He was, a um, Bulldog Mountain cooking crew and to win the rodeo was just gigantic, you know, because that's some of the best cooks in the country. But oddly enough, it's not the people going to the competition that they're the best. It's the people in their backyard you never hear of. Those are the ones that are really good. You just never see them. Dave, in regards to your, you know, lead time, is are you out a ways? Are you fairly fluid in that? Is that something that also changes yeah. like hour by hour? What's that like? No, we're we've been on full production for thirty eight years. I got two factories two blocks apart. We've been expanding constantly through the decades and we're in the mills. You know, the steel and pipe and plate we buy are they never touch ground. They came straight out of the mills. That's not something I had planned. You know, 35 years ago, my pipe and plate salesmen are now presidents of the mills in America. And they started giving us a break when we started buying into million-pound quantities and stuff. So turnaround, uh, pretty good. Backyards, we carry probably five or ten in stock all the time. And then turnaround on a oddball, you know, something with special stuff on it or built into stone face tile set, things like that. Those can go about four weeks. We even have some mobile pits in stock, which is unheard of. Nobody stocks mobile pits because somebody always wants something different on it. But I've got I've got some thirty six by ten foot main can trailer pits with all the toys on them just sitting there brand new waiting. You know, because these restauranteurs, they want something that'll do 300, 500 plates at a time. They can just, you know, give me a call and I'll ship it up to them the next day. And we do a lot of hotels and big restaurant chains. Uh, we've been building for Louis Mueller, Style Switch, Killens, Stubbs, all these guys for decades. Ninfas, Pappas, Dixon Brothers. You know, so we ship them out quite a bit. Dave, are you still answering the phone when people call? Oh, constantly. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I, I probably I probably do. I probably sell more pits after 10 o'clock at night than the factory does during the entire day. Yeah. Now, you call California to midnight, flip over to Europe nine hours later, back to Hawaii 14 hours earlier, and then down to Australia a day and a half before you left. That's a weird part. Well, from personal experience, I think there's been at least uh, you know a good handful of times I've called you probably after 10 or 11 o'clock at night, and I remember the first time you were on the show, you're like, hey, if you ever have any questions, you know, just call me. I'll, I answer the phone, and I was like, yeah, right. And uh, man, sure as shit, the next time I called you up, it was probably like 11:30 at night, and you're like close pits, and I was like, this is Dave, and he's like, yeah, who do you think was going to answer the phone? And you know, we're talking yeah, for 45 time of night, yeah, yeah. What, what's that triple time? Yeah, right. I mean, you know, you're you're triple time, no doubt about it. So uh, if if you need any information, bbqpits.com is the website, and uh, we're talking with Dave Close, barbecue legend. Dave, always appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much for coming on. All right, brother. Take care. All right. There he is, Dave Close. What? Oh, my goodness. That guy, uh, look, uh, 20 minutes isn't enough. 15 minutes isn't enough. 20, I mean, it's just not enough. 
the stories that that guy can tell you. Just ask around. Anybody in the chat room that knows Dave, the legend of Dave? (laughs) Yeah. Come on. We talked to him at the top of this hour. The CHOPS Power Injector System NBBQA 2015 and 16 Barbecue Tool of the Year. Each one won an award this year. The number one seller is the half-gallon CHOPS Power Injector System. Designed for competition or to pump up the backyard guys like me. Easy to use. Clean it, fill it, pump it, and go. If you have one brisket or a pork shoulder, you don't need to fill it all the way up, as Dan said. Just put in what you need. It uses it all. Comes with 14-gauge needles, two replacement plastic needle adapters, three plug screws, three plug screws, and a needle protector, 100 bucks plus shipping anywhere. Then you have the one-gallon CHOPS power injector system. Double the amount of the half. Perfect for whole hogs or 10 shoulders to get that perfect one. Comes with 14-gauge needles, two replacement plastic needle adapters, three plug screws, and a needle protector, 120 bucks plus shipping. And then the one that took first place this year at NBBQA, the CHOPS full power injector system. Once again, this isn't a holding tank, but a three-and-a-half-foot pickup tube, okay? Has 14-gauge needles, 3-inch, 12-gauge needles, 2-inch, 11-and-a-half-gauge needles, three plug screws, a needle protector, 325 bucks plus shipping anyway. The thing is this. We live in the foodie world, right? Yes. How about the CHOPS power injector system to get your flavor in every bite? You can also inject alcohol into watermelon if you want. Everyone is handmade in Kansas City, Missouri. If you want the extra accessories, they got them. Give Dan a call or look him up on the interwebs. BarbecueKansasCity.com. That's B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E. B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E.com. Chops Power Injector System gives your barbecue some power. All right. And don't forget, if you're going to be in Memphis in May this coming week, you can, uh, what am I trying to say here? You can hit him up early because he's got, you know, 40, 50 Chops Power Injector Systems going to Memphis. He's going to be cooking with the Sheds team. So check him out. We're back with Scott Roberts right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampy. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show is brought to you by AmazingRibs.com. The PitCast, folks, that's right, the PitCast available for sale. Well, to listen to. I guess it's for sale. Join the Pit Club. It's like 24 bucks a month. If you buy Meathead's book, you get 90 days free trial. I am producing exclusive content for Meathead uh, once a week in a pre-recorded form called the PitCast. But really, I mean, it's 24 bucks a year. Not a month. A year. Come on. It's nothing. Joining me now, the Barbecue Central Show's official sauce and rub reviewer and expert chili head, Scott Roberts, joining me here on the show. Scott, how are you, buddy? Doing great. How are you doing, Greg? Yeah, absolutely fabulous, Scott. Appreciate you making time here. I know we missed, uh, I think, uh, last, was it the last couple months? Whatever. I think January was the last month, so oh, it's been Lord. quite a while. All right, it's so, just amazing uh, how much time flies by. No doubt about it. Uh, a quarter uh, passes very quickly. 
So yes. first question is first, and this is from a listener. And says, uh, Greg, please ask Scott when he plans to continue his podcast. He never did put up anything like he told you he was oh, going to last yes. visit. Uh-oh. <laughs> Man, heaven forbid you say anything out loud here on the show, right, Scott? I know. I oh. shouldn't make any public announcements like, oh, yeah, one's right around the corner. <laughs> uh, life just gets busy. And uh, I know, you know, Greg, you've been going strong every week. It's just with me and never was, I guess, any official type of schedule. You know, I tried to aim for roughly twice a month. Uh, It is going to happen. I just can't guarantee any specific time. All right. No problem. Uh, ScottRobertsWeb.com is his website, by the way, if you want to check him out here while we're chatting up sauces and rubs. The first one that we have tonight is called the Texas Rib Rangers Original Barbecue Sauce. And if I'm not familiar uh, Texas Rib Rangers is like a renowned competition team slash spice to, to some degree, right? Yeah, big uh, competition team. They won many, many championships. I don't have a full list in front of me. So they know what they're doing when it comes to barbecue. And their sauce is a pretty good sauce. It is, I don't want to say middle of the road, uh, but think of something like a blues hog. Just a good, basic, balanced sauce, some sweetness, tanginess from the tomatoes. This is very similar to that. Maybe a little bit more of a kind of like a brown sugar edge to it. It's sweet, uh, just not one particular uh, flavor type dominates on this. So if you're looking for something, it just kind of aims right down the middle of the road it's probably uh, every flavor palette is going to enjoy this, uh, and this will do a great job on just about anything you put it on. Do you think that when the competitors talk about having the least offensive barbecue winning the day, that this kind of runs along the same lines as the sauce profile in the flavor situation? I would think so. Uh, it's been a couple of years since I was uh, a judge in any official capacity. But yes, I would say least offensive. It's not going to uh, really make you take notice. It's only going to complement the meat uh, to where it's almost like a supporting role. But it does kind of lift it up a little bit more, uh, almost to another level without really calling attention to itself. All right. So that's probably what you want in the end. You want something that supports, doesn't overcome the protein where you're like great sauce first and then everything else second so that's nice uh where do you get it how much are you getting and how much does it cost well you can find it at texasribrangers.com comes in a 12 ounce bottle for 5.99 plus shipping and handling uh pretty good deal pretty good value and i would have to give this one a top 10 call all right so uh definitely one to uh, consider as you're looking through the options The next one is called Intensity Academy Gypsy Gold Dust Seasoning. And uh, Intensity Academy, kind of known for some spicy stuff, some sauce Mm -hmm. stuff, some uh, cool ketchup stuff. Uh, She's got quite a little business going. She does, and she adds uh, like chai tea to a lot of things. Uh, Slightly off the beaten path, and yeah, you mentioned the hot sauces and the spicy stuff. There's a great spicy mayo. Uh, This one, the Gypsy Gold Dust Seasoning, really doesn't aim to be a barbecue rub per se, but it does, you know, fit within that territory somewhat. So I'm reviewing it now. Uh, it's probably a little bit more of a general seasoning. Uh, you get a lot of salt, a lot of garlic, uh, but that doesn't mean that it's really harsh and aromatic, and it just it doesn't blast your mouth the way uh, those two types of spices 
will do. It's pretty uh, um, blended, and uh, everything else is kind of mild. So it's not something that if you're looking for something extremely sweet, this will not do very well. It does great on beef. And, of course, uh, to me, beef, you know, you're always looking for salt, pepper, and garlic. Those are my uh, trio of spices that almost always work flawlessly on beef. Uh, there's a little bit more to it than that in this uh, spice rub. But uh, it's, it's probably geared a little bit more towards that. But it's also one of those great types of rubs. You can try it on popcorn. You know, microwave some popcorn or air pop it, put some butter on it, and sprinkle a little bit of this. It's really, really good. Scott Roberts joining me here on the show. Uh, we're talking about currently the Intensity Academy Gypsy Gold Dust Seasoning. Where do you get it? How much? And how much? Okay, you can find it at intensityacademy.com. comes in a 4.5-ounce shaker bottle, and it runs for $8 plus shipping. A little pricey, but I would say it's worth it. And just like the uh, other product I've reviewed, this also gets a top 10 call. All right, very good. So uh, we move on to the last item up for review, Volcanic. Volcanic. Um, you can tell I'm a big uh, show watcher of uh, Impractical Jokers with Sal Volcano. Volcanic Peppers, the Rub Grilling Blend. Volcanic Peppers, just like the name implies, yes, they have all kinds of spicy stuff. And this is a company that really specializes in extreme heat, some of the world's hottest peppers. They do make some mild products just like this one. And it's not aimed to be extremely hot at all. I think there's some ancho chilies, a little bit of cayenne in it, maybe some paprika. But uh, it ranges from the uh, mild to the medium territory when it comes to heat. So it's probably good for most people. Uh, this is a very sweet, very different type of spice blend. There is a maple sugar in it. There is brown sugar in it. There is coffee. There's a few other things that kind of give it an off-kilter flavor profile. This is not your typical barbecue rub. But it's a little bit more on the sweet side of things, so it's great on pork and on chicken. So if you want something a little different, not you know by any means you know competition grade stuff, you know it's it's not good for the, the um, you know just kind of middle of the road, not calling attention to itself. This will call attention to itself, and the flavor profile. It's not for everybody, but if you're wanting something a little bit different, a little sweet, and maybe a little bit bitter, too, uh, this may be worth a try. All right, uh, Scott, where do you get it? How much are you getting of it, and how much is it? Uh, the bottle is a little bit smaller, three ounces. It runs for five ninety nine plus shipping. A little pricey for the deal, uh, and you can get it out. You can get it at volcanicpeppers.com. Um, this may or may not be something you want to get uh, because of the price. You only get three ounces, and because it's not for everybody, I would have to rate this a backyard griller. All right. So it's about three out of five, somewhere in that range. Got it. So uh, the ones that we have reviewed tonight, Texas Rib Rangers, original barbecue sauce, top ten call. Intensity, yeah, right? good stuff. Uh, Intensity Academy Gypsy Gold Dust Seasoning, also top ten call. Mm-hmm. And vol- volcanic peppers, the rub grilling, uh, backyard griller, backyard griller. Yes, right. so it's uh, not quite a five star um, 
product amongst this bunch, and I don't think I've reviewed a five-star product in quite a while on the show. I'm still looking for something new that you know would really, really deserve that. So the guy from uh, uh, I'm gonna forget the name right off the top of my head. Your number one sauce last year, Canyon Lakes or something Canyon Smoke or, Canyon, yes. yeah, Smoke Canyon. So I have a bottle of that barbecue sauce that I haven't cracked open yet, but I'm very anxious to try it because of your ultimately high rating for 2015. However, mm-hmm. uh, he did send me also a bottle of the little, like the green jalapeno, smoked jalapeno sauce or something like yeah, that. Yeah, the roasted jalapeno sauce, really, really good. Holy moly, it is unbelievable. It gives you like some great heat, not intensely burn your face off heat. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I say that more for the benefit of the folks that, you know, think medium wings are really hot. Uh, yes. This this might be you know a little hot for you, but it adds a superior and I mean some good way like a full balanced smoky flavor to it, uh, to whatever you're putting it on, and then also you get that jalapeno jump in your face. I put it on top of a burger I made the other night. Man, it made all the difference in the world. I had bacon, I had lettuce, I had an egg on it, and cheese, and all that other stuff. But then I just dropped you know a couple little rings of this stuff around and. It just brought it up to a, a whole new level. Plus, you know, I really like the heat kind of dancing around in your mouth. It, it livens everything up almost, I think. Yeah, it's a really stellar product, and it's not really smoky. There's a little bit of smokiness to it. Uh, it's it, it's ro- made with roasted jalapenos, so you get a little bit of more of a fresh jalapeno flavor. And, and just that kind of roasted, grilled, slightly smoked flavor, it's, it's kind of in between, but just the flavor balance, it's just fantastic, and it, it brings everything to an incredible new level. It's, it's not your typical, like, Louisiana-style hot sauce you splash on everything, but this is something, everything I've tried it on, it's good on it. Uh, it, it's quite a bit different than a lot of other hot sauces, it, even like jalapeno hot sauces. I mean, he's really stumbled upon, or maybe it's by design, uh, just a really good formula for a sauce. And, and I think it is important to, again, clarify as we talk about smoke, because I think there's no bigger proponents of the ultimate demise of liquid smoke than you and I together. Mm-hmm. We will yes. you know, eventually defeat it, much like the Taliban. This is a very authentic and robust, sm- genuine smoky flavor, not fake bullshit like liquid smoke. Exactly. And I want to see it wiped off the face of the earth just like you. Uh, there is so much you can do with actual smoked peppers. And I wish the sauce makers, whether it be a barbecue sauce manufacturer or a hot sauce maker, just play with the natural smokiness of uh, peppers, whether they be dried or fresh ones. Um, well, I guess in the case of the smoked ones, you really can't have fresh ones, you know, because they're they're dried and smoked. But you could just do so much with it, and it's a cleaner kind of flavor to it. And the difference is like night and day. It's it's the easy way out when you use that liquid smoke. But just, I would advise you know all of those sauce makers who do use liquid smoke, just go a little bit more, put a little bit more effort into it and use those peppers uh, it will just make your sauces absolutely incredible staying on the pepper vein here just for uh, a couple more minutes scott uh, in regards to the world of fiery foods what's happening out there anything 
earth-shattering, uh, record-breaking, newsworthy in your estimation? Well, a Guinness World Record was broken oh, at boy. the New York City Hot oh, Sauce Expo boy. about two weeks ago, yes. Uh-huh. All right. So the contest was uh, for who could eat uh, the most Carolina Reaper peppers in one minute. Oh, of course, the Lord. Carolina Reaper pepper is the world's hottest pepper, around 2 million Scoville units. Uh, now, what they did is they judged by the number of grams eaten, <laughs> and this guy ate 119 grams in one minute. Now, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to kind of uh, quantify that amount, but imagine like two soup bowls full of you know, round, red Carolina Reaper peppers eaten in one minute. Wow. It's that like, is insane. He's like the Joey Chestnut of Reaper peppers. I think so. I, the previous record, I think, was about 50 grams less. So he, he completely demolished the record. So it's an official Guinness record now. Uh, myself, I would never attempt something like that. Like, would you eat I two could, or three? Or, or like, what's your, what would your realistic limit be? One. One. And, I, and I've eaten one before. And that was enough for me. There's really nothing left to prove. It's like, yeah, I ate it. It's hot. I'm going to be suffering for 10, 15 minutes. There's no reason to eat 20 or 40 of them. That just, to me, that's crazy. So, but it's a lot of fun watching it. I was going to say, did you like physically watch that, or did you catch it on a on a YouTube replay somewhere, or what? It, it, yeah, on a, uh, a video replay. I mean, I was there for one day of the show. This uh, particular contest was the second day of the show, and I unfortunately missed it, but... Wow, just uh, going through something like that, just crazy. So while it's probably fun to watch the consuming take place, I got to imagine the better part of the video is everything that happens after you're done eating and like watching this guy basically you know, melt and catch on fire and have his asshole blow out at the same time. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's not so much fun because I know what these people are going through yeah. and I could probably imagine that amplified by 10 times. I've eaten some of the world's hottest stuff, and even like one pepper can make your stomach cramp up. Uh, there's uh, stuff called chili pepper extract. It's you know actually taken from uh, cayenne peppers for the most part. And it used to be how uh, people would get like multi-million Scoville unit hot sauces before all these super hots came along, like the ghost pepper and the scorpion and the reaper pepper. That extract would make my stomach cramp up something fierce. And uh, as I have said a few different times before on the show, there was explosive diarrhea about an hour, <laughs> hour and a half afterwards. And is it like, does it, is it fire? Like you're begging for ice cream to come through at some point or what? Uh, milk, ice cream oh, will kind Lord. of soothe the burn in your mouth. It will oh. not do anything to your digestive system. Wow. So... The guy that eats all this, I mean, does he go through the same stuff, or is he? Can you eat so much of this so often that you eventually build up any resistance, or is this impervious to no man? You can build up tolerance, and I wow. know people who have just an extreme tolerance to heat. Uh, this particular gentleman who broke the record, I'm not sure what his heat tolerance. Obviously, it's pretty high, but I don't know how much he was really suffering afterwards if he had to kind of lay down on the floor or something just kind of while his stomach dealt with uh, digesting all of that. It's, But I think there comes a time where, you know, some of these peppers and extracts get so hot, 
you're really not immune to all of it. So you are going to feel it at least a little bit. Yeah, I was going to say, like, as he's forcing it in his mouth, does the heat build to a like a, a ceiling and then it just doesn't get any hotter and he's just able to withstand that and press through? Or is it just a constant build the more you're pressing in your like you're stoking a fire, right? The more logs you put in, if you have the oxygen, it's just going to keep getting hotter and hotter. Yeah, well, the, the thing with the peppers is it will continue to get hotter and hotter probably up to a minute to two minutes after you eat it. So, uh, again, this record is for the most in one minute. I mean, if you're constantly cramming those in your mouth, chewing them up as fast as you can and swallowing them, you won't get the full effect of the heat in your mouth until maybe the last pepper kind of goes through and then it'll just uh, will blow up. And I will describe it as like swallowing a lump of charcoal, having that go down your throat, and also having a flaming hot – a uh, 360 degree vice grip around your tongue and squeezing that to death. Oh, so it will build up. I'd say within two minutes, and it won't let go for probably about 15 minutes oh. in your mouth. Wow. Now your esophagus, your stomach—that's another story. Wow, you're, you're going to be suffering. Sounds like fun and excitement, as always. Uh, Scott Roberts giving us the inside scoop there. Uh, You can find him at scottrobertsweb.com, and mostly every month here on this show. Scott, always appreciate the time, man. Thanks for coming on. All right. Thank you, Greg. You got it. There he is. Scott Roberts. Oh, man. Am I going to get out on time? I know I'm not. So let me stop the automatic. All the way back in the first hour, we talked with Meathead Goldwyn about his new book, The... Science of Great Barbecue and Grilling by Meathead. Dr. Blonder is well credited. Don't forget, if you buy the book, you get a free 90-day trial of The Pit, The Pit Club membership, where I do a weekly show currently. That's on trial. At some point, Meathead might kick me out, which is fine. He'll still be on this show, though. In the second hour, we had Dan Uledal from Chops Power Injector System talking about his two-time award-winning product, the Chops Power Injector System. Winning first, third, and fourth place, respectively, at MBBQA this year. He's going to be at Memphis in May this coming weekend. If you want a CHOPS power injector system and you see him there, he may or may not have them in stock still, depending on when you catch him. We also talked with barbecue legend Dave Close. Got a little re-background on him. they been a number of years since we caught up, so always good to talk with Dave. Barbecue legend. And uh, Scott Roberts rounded out the show with the... Evaluations of Texas Rib Rangers Original Barbecue Sauce, the Intensity Academy Gypsy's Gold Dust Seasoning, and the Volcanic Peppers The Rub Grilling Blend. Those will be posted in my post-show notes in case you're interested. We have a great show already lined up next week. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, September 11th, 2001, I will never forget. And this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now. <laughs>